This episode is sponsored by our friends from Silvercross Sudbury. Silvercross Sudbury is your local store for quality home accessibility equipment. They sell the following products. Stair lifts, curved stair lifts, ceiling lifts, wheelchair lifts, wheelchairs, power wheelchairs, walkers, scooters, hops, hospital beds, just to name a few. Visit them at 760 Notre Dame Avenue or call them at 705-222-0700. That is 705-222-0700 for any healthcare inquiries. Seems as though I've lived my life on the bad side of the moon. Just stir your drags and sickness still without a rustic spoon. Now come on people, live with me where the light has never shown. And my hornets flock like hummingbirds speaking in a foreign tongue. This is my life, this is my life, this is my life. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are hearing a different voice. Um, we're actually going a little bit different style for the episode, episode 93. We're, we gave Alex Chimino and Mason Savage the week off because they've been absolutely grinding. So big thanks to Ben Leeson um, from Subbury Star of Post Media for joining us. We talked all each other. Uh, trade deadline, a little bit of Wolves hockey as well, and we chimed in a little bit of, little bit of NOJHL Sudbury Cubs towards the end. So enjoy an interview, a different intro, because myself, the better voice of the show, will be doing it alongside uh, Roberto Bagnano. And here is the interview with the OHL insider himself, Ben Leeson. Enjoy. Welcoming back the man, the myth, the legend, our favorite OHL insider who delivers all the trade deadline news around the OHL and Sudbury, of course. A reoccurring guest on the podcast, I believe he's hitting the record books here in BTB history for the most interviews thus far at three. He's a Sudbury Wolves reporter and writer for the Sudbury Star of Post Media. Please welcome Ben, welcome back, sorry, Ben Leeson to the B2B podcast. How's it going? Thanks. That's quite the intro. I don't know if I can live up to that <laughs> one, but I appreciate it. That's awesome. See, uh, it's, go- it's going great. How's it going with you guys? Everything's, go- everything's going good. It's, it seems like it's been a busy week and uh, we actually gave Chimino the week off then. So he wanted me to do the intro for, you know, guests that are um, too high up for him to do. So <laughs> he allowed me to do this one just because, you know, we're neighbors and the whole Garson connection. He wanted me to do this. One, right. So. Yeah, got to represent for sure, right? Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, let's dive into the game last night. Obviously, the Wolves uh, fall short to North Bay, 2-1 in shootout. Uh, how was that game? And arguably, like, how do the new guys look for the Subway Wolves? Well, it was a good game. Uh, you know, it's, I was saying, uh, like I said in my story, it's too bad that uh, a Wednesday night game, uh, you know, weather understandable Wednesday night, other things mm-hmm. going on probably for people, but it's too bad there are more and more people in the stands because they missed a pretty good hockey game. Uh, low scoring, but... Uh, both teams played quite well. I, I thought the Wolves played really well. Um, certainly had the chance to finish it off a few times, both late in the third and then in overtime. I mean, there was a couple times guys had the game on their stick and, uh, you know, hit, hit a bar or, uh, or just put it over the net. And, uh, but it was a good intro for the, the new guys too. I thought um, you got uh, Chase Coughlin and, uh, and Nick Yearwood coming in. They played on sort of that, uh, that, that fourth line, that energy line with Kieran Walton and, uh, you know, didn't get them in as much in the third, which is maybe understandable for, you know, new guys who, uh, right. like 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 head coach Derek McKenzie said, aren't, aren't as up on the system, but uh, were exactly as advertised. Came in, played with lots of energy, physical, a uh, lot of hits, and uh, even uh, 
came uh, very close to uh, to connecting on a night, pretty nice scoring chance too. So uh, definitely some some stuff to like there, and, and probably mm-hmm. some stuff that'll make them pretty effective uh, in their role for the team going forward. Yeah, usually you like to see new faces, uh, you know, contribute right away, which is good. And one one team I want to jump in right into right away, Ben, is North Bay Battalion. I find you know the powerhouses of. Uh, Ottawa and London and even Windsor as well with all the trade deadline moves they did. I feel like North Bay is a little bit under the radar. Uh, like, how did that team look to you last night? And, you know, they're sitting second in the East right now. So what can you tell us about North Bay Battalion? Well, maybe a little bit under the radar, you know, because they just didn't do as much as right. close to the deadline. Uh, you know, they they did make a couple pretty good uh, moves earlier on. They brought in Pasquale Zito and, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, let's see, uh, Luke uh, Brzezowski and... Uh, of course, the Josh Bloom and uh, right. and Braden Hislop earlier in the year, which is uh, you know some guys with some really good experience and and have been really good for them so far. And you know they're they're a super deep team. I think what do they have like nine uh, NHL draft picks on that team, and mm-hmm. uh, they're they're going to be a handful for just about anybody. And and what we've seen is like last night, um, you know they 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 have really good goaltending too. Dom Divincentis has. Uh, probably uh, become becoming one of the best goaltenders in the league and there's been a couple times probably where uh you know you look at the the 3-2 game where the wolves beat them um could that one could have been a little bit uh more uh, you know more lopsided in the wolves favor if he hadn't made some big saves and then last night too he uh he came up big when he had to it was a, it was a bit of a goaltender's battle last night so that that could take them an awfully long way too if he uh if he stays healthy mm-hmm. and Let's let's move right into the trade deadline day. Uh, like, let's talk about your iPhone. Was it just blowing up those last few days, Ben? And did you have the uh, you know the iPhone fast charger on standby? It's like I, I like to call it. Yeah, I had that uh, that going. I had uh, was in in front of my uh, my computer for most of the day too, just kind of keeping an eye on things. Uh, you know, it, it was an interesting trade deadline because you had a few teams that did a lot and mm-hmm. a lot of teams that didn't do that much or sort of tweak things. Um, you know, the, uh, you know, Sudbury being one of them did no blockbusters, but definitely some moves that, uh, you know, that, that could work out pretty well for them, but uh, certainly there were some, some big trades, absolutely. And, uh, and some that should make things pretty interesting. A uh, couple teams are going to be probably going on real deep runs and a couple teams are probably going to be very, uh, very disappointed uh, because they're, they're not going to go as far as they'd hoped with, uh, with everything they've, they've paid up for, for some of the guys they brought in. So it'll be real interesting. Yeah. And we saw almost like an unprecedented year. I feel like across the CHL with the number of draft picks that were moving, obviously kind of the big deals out West, but also here in the OHL too, were there any deals that like even um, a few weeks prior to the deadline? Cause I I think a few teams, like we mentioned, North Bay was active, even Sudbury was active too. Any trades that you thought kind of shocked you, maybe came out of left field um, or maybe any trades that you heard of, that didn't happen that you were shocked that a player maybe didn't get moved. Um, I don't know if there were anywhere there were, I was really stunned that a player didn't get moved. I think a lot of the sort of the big guys that were expected to did, and then maybe a couple others that were a little bit of a mild surprise, like a couple of the guys that uh, Mississauga moved, uh, you know, Del Bell Blues, um, uh, you know, guy, guys like that who may be, maybe you didn't wouldn't have expected a couple months ago because I think a lot of folks thought that Mississauga was going to be one of those teams that was probably going to put a put a put a bit of a push on themselves right but uh they saw the opportunity I guess to uh to build for future success and you look at what was going on around the conference Owen Beck is of course the other big name that they they moved in Ethan Del Mastro too mm-hmm. um and uh 
you know, they, they obviously had a pretty big return for those. So I guess that was a, a bit of a surprise if you go back a little ways uh, looking at what they ended up doing. Um, I, I'm not so sure that there was anyone that I was really stunned uh, didn't get moved. Um, there was, uh, you know, probably a chance earlier on that if Barry had decided to go the other way that they would have moved Grant Clark and uh, mm -hmm. that would have been obviously a huge, uh, he would have obviously been a huge piece at the, at the deadline, but instead they decided to add a bit too. And, They've been a they they were a little quieter, but bringing in Braden Hache and having him with with Brand Clark and and some of the guys they have there already, um, that that's a team you shouldn't sleep on either because I think that uh, they already have some chemistry between the guys they got and and they could be pretty dangerous. Definitely, you mentioned Brant Clark. We're actually we're going to do a little bit of a kind of a roundtable with some of the teams that made some big splashes kind of around the league, and we'll start with Brand Clark's kind of hometown Ottawa Sixty Sevens there too. Um, they make arguably maybe two of the bigger trades uh, of the deadline. They bring in Logan Morrison, who's now kind of leading the OHL in scoring and had mm -hmm. has had pretty good couple games with the 67s. But mm -hmm. they also bring in Pavel Mintyakov, who is kind of under the radar, maybe been the best player in the OHL this year as well, especially from a point standpoint. Were you surprised to see him be moved by Saginaw, especially with Saginaw being so high in the standings? Um, or do you think they're, they're kind of in a, a focus around kind of the Michael Misa era per se? Well, Saginaw seem to be in a pretty good, pretty good situation where they can, uh, they, they can probably still have some success this year because, but, but they've still got so much coming back next season. Um, and uh, Mintikov is one guy that, that wasn't going to, right. So the, the, to get the kind of value they did, I mean, how the, the number of picks they did, uh, for him, sets them up pretty well going forward. If that's something they want to do is, is add themselves next year or, or even the year after. So it's probably a pretty, pretty hard deal not to make. And, uh, and obviously for him, it's a great chance to jump on with a team that's already pretty impressive and already has a pretty good back end to, uh, to, to, to be, you know, one of the guys for them. So it seems like it's uh, potentially win-win. Exactly. And I, I want to mention uh, Roberto did quickly about Logan Morrison. I've seen this guy play for the last couple of years. And to me, I think he that's the biggest addition of this year's OHL trade deadline. Uh, he finished, you know, tied for first at the Memorial Cup last year in scoring. So, Ben, what does an addition like of this player mean to the 67s? Like they were first in the league without even having this guy and, then, you know, adding um, a guy that can produce at this rate to an arc, like a really good offense already. So. Yeah, yeah, and not only the ability, but the experience, right? The the, right. the the fact he's shown he can do that in clutch situations, and uh, you know that's what you see with a few of these guys that Hamilton's traded. That 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 mm -hmm. experience they have is going to be so big for for playoff teams. They they've been there before, right? They know what it takes, and uh, you know they they still have they still have something to play for in terms of their careers too. So it uh, it, it that that's a huge addition for them. I, I expect to see him probably all over the score sheet every game they play for the net for uh, <laughs> till they're done. So uh, that, that, that's a, a big addition for sure. A hundred percent. And you know, when you look at what they gave up for them, it's not terrible. It's not terrible compared to some of what we've seen. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, it's a good, it's a good sized package of picks, but uh, you know, a couple seconds in there, um, one of which wasn't theirs originally and, 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 and some pretty good uh, assets for Hamilton. But uh, you know, when you look at some of the other picks and, and what, what he can bring, it's, it's not a bad package. Mm -hmm. And the next team uh, I want to dive into is the Windsor Spitfires. Obviously, we were a little sad on the BTB note to see our boy Jacob Holmes get traded mm -hmm. uh, to Windsor. Uh, ben, you probably had this guy interviewed a few times. Like, what did this guy mean to the Wolves organization? Obviously, the captain of the team to, uh, you know, 
sad to see him go, but uh, what can he bring to the Windsor Spitfires uh, roster? And obviously they're going to make a little bit of a run too. Well, you know, great guy, uh, really good leader. Obviously that's why they put the C on him here. Um, you know, really, really hardworking kid who sets a, sets a really good standard, not just, you know, on the ice, but off the ice too, his, his training habits. I mean, you look at the kind of shape the guy's in, he obviously practices what he, what he preaches and sets a good example that way. And I, I think he was a guy that was, you know, really well loved in this room and, and they, they probably do miss him. Um, and, and mm-hmm. he's going to bring a lot of, a lot of really good, uh, good, um, good experience and, and good qualities to, to Windsor for sure. Uh, definitely a nice move for them, but you look at it on the other side and, and if the wolves are truly, uh, you know, gearing up for that, that push uh, next year, which seems to be the case. And they're not really keeping a, a secret that that seems to be when they hope mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, re- really do what some of the teams in the league are doing this year to, to get the return, those five picks they did for them. Uh, those are some pretty good assets. So it, uh, it, it you, when you needed to make some move on the blue, on the blue line and uh, some moves on the blue line and, and make a bit of room for, for some younger guys, maybe, um, you know, he was the guy that was going to get you that kind of value. So it was a hard trade not to make. Mm-hmm. And now let's move into uh, obviously staying with Windsor. They arguably win the sweepstakes for Shane Wright. Uh, we all heard rumors on Twitter, so it has to be true. You know, London had to back out last second because they didn't want to get rid of their young stud, Oliver Bonk. So the package for him was obviously quite extensive, arguably so, because it's Shane Wright, fourth overall pick in the NHL. Uh, ben, what does a trade like this mean to a team um, that is at top of the Western Conference uh, who landed the most notable player, obviously, he just won gold with the World Juniors with Team Canada as well. Well, it it, mean, it means a lot, and um, for for a couple different reasons. I mean, this is his his, of course, his last chance to come in and get that uh, you know play for that OHL championship, which he hasn't won yet, and and will probably uh, have this one last crack at. So that's a that's a great thing for him to to have that opportunity. And it you know from the sounds of things, you know you, you listen to what he said and and he really wanted to go to Windsor. That was sort of his preferred destination from the sounds of things. He had looked at what they were doing there and really liked it and uh, probably sees uh, sees a really good opportunity for himself to be a big part of that. You know, look at some of the additions they made between guys like like Jacob Holmes, you know Brett Harrison, some of the things they did earlier. Um, you know, it doesn't take much to see that it's a pretty serious uh, team. And, you know, for, for Windsor, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, that's, that's a pretty big, you know, that's a pretty big trade uh, too, but, you know, maybe um, didn't cost them quite as much as, as some folks would have expected uh, just in terms of the number of picks and things like that. There's, uh, you know, just the one second rounder in there, obviously Ethan Medim is a real good player. Mm-hmm. What could really put it over the top for Kingston is if uh, they also get uh Gavin McCarthy to report he's currently committed to a NCAA program, right. but uh, you know, really good 17 year old defenseman. And if, if he commits to their program, then that's, that's, that becomes a bit of a different deal. So um, e- either way, I think it works out pretty well. I mean, he wasn't coming back to Kingston. He wanted to go to Windsor and uh, that's the team that's gearing up. So uh, it should be fun to watch with, uh, with the players they've added that, that Windsor team that uh, was already pretty good going to a final last year. So mm-hmm. And with a really good coach in uh, Savard as well. So interesting to see what they do. And I I mentioned London earlier, obviously they lost out on Shane Wright, but to me, this team, and I was, I was texting a guy on the team, Max McHugh, like this year feels a little bit different for the London Knights. And I think they've only lost like a handful of games in the last two, three months. So um, Mm -hmm. they did, they did all their trades. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, similar to what Peter did with uh, acquiring Othman from Flint, you know, earlier in the year before Christmas time, 
uh, in London, went out and required three elite forwards in, in two different trades with Hamilton. So acquiring guys like Winterton, Humphrey, and Diego, like what does that mean for uh, London to, you know, basically add in three of their top six forwards to an already really good team? Yeah, it's been an interesting thing with London because they just uh, they they just kept winning games. You know, they weren't yeah. necessarily a team that looked early on like they were going to go all in. But uh, how can you not when you see the way your team's playing and performing exactly. and the way guys are developing? And and again, you you're bringing in that playoff experience, right? Those those three guys who had such a great run. I mean, won a championship, went to the Memorial Cup. Uh, that kind of thing. There's, there's not really any substitute for that kind of stuff, right? And obviously, they're going now to a, a play. You know, they're going to go play in uh, in London in that big building with a with a team that's uh, you know got a history of success, and uh, you know, so it's a new experience for them and a, and a chance to really kind of go out of the go out of the OHL on a you know with a bang. So uh, I, I'm sure that that's going to be something they're all pretty excited about. We've seen already how they've they've played quite well. So uh, it's. Uh, it's going to be real interesting times in the West when you look at them, you look at Windsor, you look at what Sarney has done. Uh, they've made some pretty uh, exciting additions too. And it's, uh, and, and even a couple of teams we mentioned, you know, Saginaw, Flint didn't do a ton, but uh, still has a pretty good squad. So be uh, it'll be interesting to watch for sure. Now we're going to bring it around uh, back to the Wolves, Ben. Um, before we get into some of the big trades, um, one of the bigger news stories kind of towards the first half of the season for the Wolves was the coaching change and bringing in Derek McKenzie. And so I think there was a lot of chatter around the community that it was going to be, you know, an immediate flip. And we obviously saw that, you know, it took a little bit for Derek's systems to really take um, effect with this kind of younger team that they had. But what have mm-hmm. you kind of noticed with this this newer Wolves team since Derek's taken over? And, and where do you kind of see them go the second half of the season? Yeah, in hindsight, maybe that should be expected, you know, no matter who the coach is, just you see when you're overhauling things like that. Um, it, it did take them a little little while to maybe get going with some of that stuff. And, you know, there was probably a bit of initial uh, initial shock, too. I mean, uh, the, the, I, I really think that, uh, you know, Craig Duncanson was a guy that's that was well liked by his players. And as I've said on numerous occasions, I think he's a, a much better coach than his his record here is going to end up reflecting. But uh but but you know all credit to uh to Derek McKenzie for the job he's done he's got his guys to buy in they're 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 playing his system you know on most nights the way he he wants them to play it and uh you, you know their shots on goal are down their scoring chances against are down um you know uh, outside of maybe a bit of a tough one in Mississauga uh on Sunday uh, they're, they've out shooting teams for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, you know, discipline had been an issue and the penalty minutes for the most part have been down as well. So there's been a lot of encouraging stuff there. seems like the special teams are coming to life a, a little bit more as well too. Uh, power plays clicking as it did last night on, on their one goal. So it, uh, it seems to be something that's been coming together and, 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 you know, you look at a game like last night, you look at the game where they beat North Bay last week, um, you know, part of a four game win streak and, it, it, you see the way they're competing against a team that's as good as North Bay is. And I think that's, that's got to be pretty positive. It, it really seems like a team that's primed to have a pretty solid second half. And, you know, if they get that kind of confidence that they, uh, they seem to be building and are able to take that into the playoffs, they keep getting some pretty good goaltending like we saw last night from Kevin yeah. Broussard and, and, and some of those good contributions from the depth guys they brought in. You know, I could see this being a team that that could surprise a little bit, even in the playoffs. Um, you know, there's there's work to do first, but uh, it seems like a few of the ingredients are there. And, and then, 
I was just going to jump in, Tommy. Do you yeah. feel, were you a bit surprised? Like even hearing that, I think that was some of the conversations we had around the mic kind of at the beginning of the season too. Like there's a lot of optimism. It was going to be obviously a younger team. And you knew that some of the bigger players like the 67s and those kinds of guys were already a good team and they were going to go kind of all in. But we just had an optimism around this team. Like if they got off to a hot start, they could easily be in the top three or four in the East, you know, around this time of the year. So were, were you kind of surprised with the first half now looking back or does this now kind of shape up that things are maybe evening out a little bit? Yeah, maybe in hindsight, I thought uh, the, that they'd hit the ground running a little more, uh, especially when you looked at some, even some of the games early on when they were on, they were really on, you know, they, they had some, some pretty big wins and then they would sort of, uh, put a streak together where they couldn't quite seem to uh, you know, they, they couldn't quite seem to put it together. They, they would uh, even for a while after, uh, after the coaching change, you know, you'd see them out shooting teams, but you know, couldn't quite get the, uh, get the goal they needed at the right time. Couldn't quite get the saves they needed at the right time. Just a lot of those little things took an untimely penalty. Uh, But, but a lot of that stuff seems to be tapering off now. And, you know, maybe that's just, maybe like I say, in hindsight, maybe that's something we should have expected that a, that a team that's a little younger, just needed a little bit of time to uh, to figure some of that stuff out and, and needed some of the right direction to do it. And uh, let's, let's stick to, I want to ask you about the overagers. They, you know, they arguably kept with uh, DeGracia Robertson and uh, you mentioned Kevin Broussard and unfortunately to see Joe Ranger go in a little bit of like a goalie swamp to me, like what, what has impressed you the most uh, so far with Broussard being here with the Wolves? Well, it uh, it looked like he came in in his uh, you know for you know making his first game uh, his first start on a pretty short notice there in Hamilton and, and had a pretty solid outing down there, um, especially for a guy that probably you know basically traveled overnight and had to wait for the team and mm-hmm. and uh, you know like I said a bit of a tougher one on Sunday in Mississauga where the whole team wasn't great um, although he he did a good job keeping them in it early. But, uh, you know, I thought that was a heck of a home ice debut last night by him. Um, as uh, Derek McKenzie said, uh, Broussard might have wanted that first goal back. But after that, he really settled in, shut the door, made some really big saves when he needed to. He was excellent in the overtime and, uh, you know, gave him a chance in the shootout, too. So, uh, you know, big guy, seems to be very athletic, uh, competitive, uh, killed a lot of plays, seems to do a good job swallowing up the puck and, and, uh, you know, if we keep seeing more out of that, more out of that from him, uh, that would be great. And, and, I, and I like to say, hopefully, too, that um, that, you know, as you know, they do have Nate Krawcheck in the net who's shown some real promise in the last mm-hmm. couple of times yeah. he's been in there. So I would hope to see a little more out of him and him building up some confidence because he's obviously going to be an important guy for them going forward. No doubt. Yeah, it'd be nice, great to see kind of a one A, one B kind of throughout the end of the year and it started off a little bit quieter from from Krawcheck it felt like we always saw a kind of ranger in the net but now it seems like he's gotten a little bit more comfortable in there too so let's jump into to some of the trades there as well Nick with the Wolves um they end up acquiring Yearwood uh from London for a 10th um they end up trading away Asadorian for a second and third uh and then last but not least they acquired Chase Coughlin who you mentioned uh there as well from Guelph for a fifth um out of you know, the, the kind of the two new guys they brought in and in, in, in trading away Asadorian, giving him a, maybe a little bit of a bigger opportunity with the Ice Dogs. Which of those trades do you think you maybe like the most? And which of those guys coming in uh, between Yearwood and Coughlin would you say have maybe the bigger uh, seat of expectations to now with the Bulls? Um, I think right now the expectations are probably fairly similar because they sort of are were brought in to, to do sort of the same thing, you know, to, to really kind of, 
bring in some more some more grit, some more uh, intensity to to play a little more physical on that. Uh, you know, you want to call it a fourth line, energy line, whatever you like. And uh, you know, they they really did. I think show they they had some of that uh, potential last night. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of adrenaline too. Guys coming into a new team uh, in Coughlin's case, he's coming back into the league after spending some time in Georgetown in the OJHL and, you know, pro- so probably pretty amped up for that, but uh, really um, I, I could see probably the, uh, the ceiling uh, being, you know, can possibly higher for, uh, for Coughlin as a former third, third, third yeah, former third round pick mm-hmm. in the OHL draft. Um, you know, probably a guy that's, uh, you know, that, that has a little bit more expectation on him that way in terms of his skill, but uh you know, uh, talking to a couple guys, they've they've said similar things about Nick Yearwood. You know, maybe a bit of a uh, bit of that undercover skill, as they call it, uh, that we might see a little more as he gets a little more ice um, than he was getting in London. So, it uh, like I said, they made a couple nice plays last night. Almost uh, almost scored what would have been a pretty big goal uh, for the team, and uh, exciting to see what they can do, uh, especially with a guy between them like uh, Kieran Walton, who uh, I think is a prospect with a ton of upside and should really mm-hmm. get benefit from guys playing with that kind of intensity. Mm-hmm. And Ben, I'm going to bite my tongue a little bit here, but I need to ask you about uh, local boy, Alex Franz. Crazy how, you know, local products do so well for the Sudbury Wolves and I'm, you know, biting my tongue a little bit there, but what stands out most about, you know, him this year, I, you know, I'm close friends with him and he's friends of the show. I think to me, it's, you know, a change of scenery and confidence is, is the word I'm looking for, for him. Yeah, you can see the confidence coming up with him more and more all the time. And he's really, uh, you know, he's he's trusting his skill set. And I think he feels like when he gets the puck on the stick now, he's he's got a chance to score, uh, which is great because he does have some great finishing ability. And, you know, he's, you know, he's going to keep rounding out his game, you know, a big, uh, big, big, strong kid like that. He's going to only become harder to handle physically as he sort of uh, gets gets that much stronger. And, you know, not that he's not a pretty big, uh, big, strong boy already, but uh, it's, it's been, it's been a nice story for sure. I, I know the team had a lot of interest in him, even in his draft year. Um, in fact, there was some talk that if the lottery had shaken out the way it did, that he might even be Sudbury's first round pick. And then of course there was the chance to, uh, to bring Quentin Musty when he made it clear that he was interested in coming to the OHL. And so now you have both, which is, is mm-hmm. pretty nice. And it, it's turned out to be a pretty good 2005, uh, uh, you know, crop from that draft when you talk about, you know, Musty and uh, Ferran, you got uh, Matthew Mania. And now, of course, uh, you've added uh, Chase Coughlin from that draft to the mix. So That's those right. are some, you know, some some pretty good prospects from that draft. And uh, and, and Alex is going to be right there with that. I mean, he's on pace for, I think, uh, 30 plus goals right now. And he's he scored a an incredible uh, yep. highlight reel goal between the legs on the weekend. So you see, he's got that. He's not just a shooter. He's got that high end skill and he can make plays too. And one of the things I like about him is you, you saw they're using it up more in the power play. Now they're turning him into a bit of a net front presence and he seems to be embracing that role. And as you know, that can be uh, that that's where a guy like him could be pretty effective with the hands he's got. So I'm, I'm excited, really excited to see what he can do in the second half. I think he's going to keep trending upward for sure. And uh, it's actually funny you mentioned that he's playing net front because we talked about this on the podcast, Ben. Everybody from the north, no matter what level, OHL, you know, midget, or even at the NHL level with Bertuzzi, power play units, if you're from the north, you're playing net front. So <laughs> it, it's, it's good to see uh, for us taking, uh, you know, Bertuzzi's job or Felino's job eventually down the line playing net front. So. Yeah, we see, uh, you know, I know a lot of guys want to, you know, they want to play the half wall and, you know, show some skill and stuff. But uh, 
can have a heck of a career playing in front of the net. So mm-hmm. nice to see a guy embracing that for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, quick question before I go into the NOJHL, but uh, you mentioned Quentin Mustine. Uh, he just got named actually to the CHL Top Prospects game. So mm-hmm. uh, what does that mean for you know a young player like that to be named to uh, arguably like a really big big uh, outing and scouting event for for his career? Oh, that's that's big for sure, and a good chance for him to show. I think a lot of what we've been seeing lately. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe coming out of the uh, Ivan Halinka tournament and uh, and even early in the season, um, you know, I think a, a lot of people weren't sure what to uh, to make of, of Quentin Musty as a prospect. I think that a lot of people, the consensus seemed to be that, you know, he's got a ton of ability, but, you know, maybe he was still figuring some things out at this level. And if you look at him lately, I mean, maybe others haven't had the privilege we have to watch him recently, but he's he's been figuring a lot of things out. Um, you know, been been just you know dominant in a lot of games on that top line with guys like Goyad and, and Delic, and and really I think showing that um, you know I don't know for sure if he's going to be a first round pick in the NHL draft, but um, in, in my opinion he's looked like one of late, and uh, you know hopefully he's uh, you know he's he's healthy and uh, he's uh, you know this this latest little uh, upper body injury he's dealing with won't be an issue and he's going to be in that game at 100 percent and he can really show people a lot of that stuff that we've been seeing lately you know his uh, his playmaking ability which he's shown a little more often um, and and his uh, his ability to play the game with uh, with with pace you know he's he's shown he can make decisions at a higher speed than maybe he was doing last year so it's mm-hmm. it's been uh, it's been fun to see that evolution out of him mm-hmm. and uh, let, let's move into the NOJHL obviously uh, makes me feel old because I had some of these guys when I was coaching U18s and um, you know, I want to talk about Pearson Sobush. It feels like to me, every time I checked a score sheet for the Sudbury Cubs, he is dominating um, at that yep. NOJHL level. And actually, they, they that team actually wasn't really quiet. They they went out and acquired another goalie as well, and I believe mm-hmm. a defense this week too. So uh, what can you tell us, Ben, about the Sudbury Cubs, and uh, can we see them win the, win the whole thing this year? Uh, they're certainly in that mix. There's going to be a couple tough teams coming out of the East too, but, but, but they've been right there all year. And... Uh, you know, a fairly, you know, relatively young core, I guess, in terms mm-hmm. of the fact that a lot of their, their top scorers have been guys who are 17, 18, like Pierce, Pearson Sobush, who, uh, who's been, you know, excellent in a whole bunch of roles. I mean, he, he can be opportunistic, but he can make plays and, um, and things like that. So he's been, he's been really good in the league this year, but they've added some, you know, some veteran presence just recently, uh, you know, the defenseman you mentioned, Devin Shoreman, and right. then, uh, you know, they added another forward this week from Elliott Lake, their, their captain. And uh, yeah, Noah Mativier, who obviously won an NHL championship in the net. So between him and Noah Bolm, that's a pretty formidable uh, tandem. And they, uh, they, you know, they've gotten a little, a little uh, bigger on the back end, uh, a little older up front. And uh, it, it seems like a pretty good mix. I mean, I think that's going to be a team that's going to be, uh, be pretty pretty tough to beat. I mean, there are times when I've seen teams uh, play them well, come in and, and work hard against them. But just when they have the when you have the kind of depth they do, it's it's tough to counter that. There always seems to be someone else who's uh, who's got an opportunity to uh, to put the puck in the back of the net. And so if if they're healthy, they're going to be in uh, pretty good shape, I think. That's awesome to hear. And now we're going to do the full Sudbury Sports quick snap round, which is a quick question on the Sudbury Five Two, who just got their season going last weekend. Um, what are some of the earlier thoughts there for you, Ben, with the five this season? Obviously, they bring back Logan Stutz as head coach and GM. It looked like a little bit of uh, the same old, same old with Jalen Bland dominating and Dexter Williams Jr. also uh, kind of uh, off to a great start, too. So what do you look 
to uh, in terms of the five this season um, between them, the Cubs, and hey, who knows, maybe an undercover uh, team with the Wolves. Do you think championship time for uh, for Sudbury is uh, in the near future too? I, I think it's uh, it, it's possible. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned the Wolves. Like I said, we could see a bit of a surprise from them in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, the the Cubs, I think, are going to enjoy a pretty uh, pretty strong run, which would be fun to see. But uh, I, I do really like the look of this Sudbury Five roster this year. You, you know, you mentioned a couple of the guys who are back. We're going to be key for them, of course. Uh, you know, uh, you got to add Jeremy Harris to that mix too, as a guy yeah. coming back in, and and a couple changes, of course. Uh, you know, familiar face Braylon Rayson isn't there at point guard this year, but they brought in AJ Mosby, who uh, has looked really good in his first couple games. Uh, you know, maybe a bit more of a classic point guard, uh, you know, but but a very versatile guy, and uh, and I think he's going to be a going to be a nice uh, nice piece for them. But what, you know, one of the things that really sticks out to you a little bit about this group is lot of size um they got some they got a few guys that are uh, you know could either be big men or, or power forwards depending on how he wants to utilize them but uh and a little more experience too you got some guys who have a lot more got you got more guys who have played division one you got more guys who have got some national team experience on the canadian side and uh and and they're going to be pretty deep it's going to be competitive too for those minutes um you know might be a couple guys that aren't on the floor quite as much as they'd like to be some nights but uh you know, it's going to give Logan Stutz a lot of options uh, in terms of how he wants to deploy things. And yeah, we still need to see them against London. And, and you, that's kind of the measuring stick in this league uh, or has been in the last number of years. So yeah. we'll see how they look there. But uh, a lot, lot of promise this past weekend. And uh, and I, I, I expect that this could be one of uh, might might be the best team they've had so far here in Sudbury exciting time to be a Sudbury sports fan. So um, Ben, we just want to obviously thank you for taking the time today too, but also for all the work that you do uh, to capture some of the biggest sports in, in um, Sudbury sports recent history as well. So uh, for those listening, you can always check out Ben uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and obviously at uh, at the Sudbury star as well. But Ben, thanks a lot for, uh, for the time today and, and looking forward to uh, a record setting uh, appearance number four on the podcast <laughs> for you too soon. <laughs> Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It's always fun to, to jump on and uh, have a chat with you. Awesome. What's up, everybody? It's Alex here tuning in after that great interview with Benny Leeson. Thank you again for coming on and chatting all things Wolfers with us and OHL Trade Deadline. Always great uh, to talk to Ben, one of the best in the business. Absolutely dialed. I absolutely love it. Um, so as you heard from Tom Baum, me and Mace weren't on um, the episode today, just been busy um, with school starting up, and I uh, want to thank him and Roberto for taking the lead on uh, episode 93 here. Um, it is a shorter episode, we're testing all different things, seeing if you guys like shorter episodes, if you like the banter, if you like the interviews, so I don't know, if you want to just give us uh, your feedback, if you made it to this part of the episode, um, shoot us a DM, give us your uh, opinions on what you think the episode should be, how long they should be. Um, do you think three hours is too long, but with an interview and uh, um, us bantering, should we break it up? I don't know. Give us uh, your feedback. We want to know what you guys like and want to tailor the pod to uh, to whatever you, uh, everybody wants. So um, that's going to do it for episode 93 of Behind the Bench. Again, thank you to Benny Leeson, all our sponsors, and we'll be back for 94. Sure to be a banger. Take care.